All right, so Tom, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to chat. I obviously know you personally, but not everyone watching this does. So first of all, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Sure. Hey, everybody. Tom Murray here. I'm an author, a speaker. Uh, I get to work around the country in the education sector. So I love working with people and uh, Scott McKenna is one of them. Oh, it's awesome. It's been cool to obviously walk alongside you in life over the last couple of years, but you have such a unique perspective on this whole craziness going on. But I want to start first with the positives. I want to ask you, what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for a time that even though things have been canceled coming up, I get to spend more time with my family. And, you know, it's interesting, Scott and I were, you and I were having this conversation <laughs> just not too long ago about prioritizing family and time and the ability to be home versus be on the road. Well, this is forced time being home. And so <laughs> the opportunity to be with my kids, the opportunity to put my teacher hat back on, even though I wasn't ready and go teach kindergarten and fourth grade during the day <laughs> at times, um, I'm grateful for time home. And you know, at a time like this with so many uncertainties in the world, I appreciate you asking that question first, because it's so easy to jump to what should have been, what's mm -hmm. wrong, as opposed to focusing on what's right and forcing us to count our blessings on a given day. Yeah, absolutely. I think the unique thing about this situation, my friend brought it up earlier when I had a conversation with him is like, this is probably the first time in history that the entire world is dealing with the exact same thing. Like yeah. there are times that the United States has gone through things and the UK has gone through things and China has gone through things and they all kind of are in their own world. And we're uniquely in this position for the first time ever. We're all, we all have the same thing on our mind. And it's just an interesting unity that I, I think is easy to look past and what we do with it, who knows, <laughs> but it's just an interesting situation. I think we're just, it, it's hard to predict when, how long this goes, what effect it has on every individual person, but what effect has it had on you so far? Let's just talk first of all, from, from a, a reality perspective of, of business, of money, of different situations. Obviously it's, it's not easy for anyone. Yeah. So in taking a look at that, it's had a drastic impact. You know, as somebody that works with crowds and what I do, I, I speak, I do a lot of events. Sometimes they're an event, three, four, 5,000 people. Well, when they start mandating no large crowds, it pretty much puts a kibosh on all of your work. And so personally, I've lost all my work in that regard from a speaking in um, for the next few months for the foreseeable future. And, you know, here we are, it's currently March recording this and I'm having things in June today cancel. And so on one hand, I get it and I understand. I, I can't have the selfish hat of like, well, this is just about me. And, um, but it can get complicated with things like contracts and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's looking at it and saying like, when I step back, how would I want somebody to respond if that was my child involved and my wife involved and whatever the case might be, what would I want the response to be for them? How do you put on that hat of understanding this is a global pandemic and this isn't about Tom Murray. Uh, financially, it's a massive hit. But I recognize there's other people, and going back to that positives, there's other people, maybe I'm a waiter at a local restaurant, I'm a place that, you know, is really struggling even more so. And so it's allowing me to count my blessings and appreciate what we do have at a given time. But at the same time, yeah, from a business end, it's an absolute struggle. But I believe these times where we don't know what to do really become opportunities to think differently, think creatively, think innovatively, because we've got two options right now shut down and go hunker in the corner and put our heads down and say, oh, what should have been? 
or rise up to the challenge. And so I think, you know, I look at, I often share something from Zig Ziglar around fear, you know, something with fear can be that we face everything and run or we face everything and rise. And for there, I'm going to choose the second for my business. I'm going to find different ways to do things. If it means we've got to be virtual for the time being, then that's what we do. But those that I want, want to work with, it's an opportunity to model to those people how we get up and we keep trying and we keep trying and we fail forward because that's what they look for us in direction to do. So it's an opportunity to lead. Yeah. And I think that leads right into my next question too, which is, I think this is one of those opportunities where you get to really see who leads well and who doesn't, right? There's people that lead, there's certain people you look at and you're like, man, that is just incredible leadership, even though I know that they're going through extremely difficult times. There's others where you're like, man, they're letting the situation get the best of them and they're gonna look back and realize they made mistakes in that. What have you seen or what, what does good leadership in crisis look like to you? Sure. You know, like I, I think back to something like 9-11. It's something that impacted me personally. I lost three good friends in 9-11 and I still can picture President Bush walking up on that pile of rubble, holding the microphone and the country uniting behind him. You know, never before had a, a president had a 90% approval rating plus in that regard. Sometimes it's, you know, standing on there and taking charge and saying, I will lead. But now in a case like this, you know what I get to see around the country is, and it really puts that in perspective. If I had the mindset of like boohoo that conference you're supposed to keynote just got canceled but then I turn and I talk to a superintendent who their largest worry right now is feeding children it's our children right. that live in poverty that they're finding innovative ways to figure out how to get food in a safe way to those children that don't even have that at home and so how do I mm -hmm. put in my my hat the boohoo is me on that end of losing a keynote with a few thousand people, many of them in this case, when there's children that are struggling to eat. And so it really helps gain perspective on that. But when I see leadership, it's seeing from a school end, it's superintendents saying, this might be completely out of the ordinary for what we do, but we're going to figure out a way to get it done. It's the food service workers that are saying, yes, I'm going to come in. And I know when I leave my house, I'm putting myself at certain risk, but we have children in our school district that need mm -hmm. to be fed, you know, and, and there's, and so sometimes I think we think leadership and the first reaction that I had, I referenced, you know, 9-11 and President Bush at that point taking that, that thing that we can all envision, but it doesn't have to be that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the lowest paid people that stand up and say, I will find a way to do this, or I will find a way to do that. And so when we see churches rising to the call or churches sharing their own thing on a Sunday that, that they hadn't been done before, stepping out of their comfort zones, mm -hmm. that's great leadership or a school superintendent. You know, a shout out to those like our doctors and our nurses and those people saying, we're going to do whatever it takes. And they realize they're putting themselves at risk. And so when I see leadership in those regards, it's, I really believe, and one of the things I wrote in my last book was on how leadership is often defined in the moments where you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, we've had a lot of those moments lately. And so mm -hmm. from a school end, our kids are watching, our families are watching, you know, from a, a family end, our families and our immediate families are watching, whether it's being a dad or being, you know, a husband or whatever the case might be. And so I don't think we need to look at leadership in some way of you need a title. I think it's more of what are the actions that we're taking that no matter what's happening, even with the world falling in at places around us, that we can grab the bull by the horns and say, I'm going to figure out and do whatever it takes in whatever mm -hmm. regard to help people around me or to support those around me. Yeah. I've always loved the quote I see all over the place. It says a boss has the title, a leader has the people yeah. because it just is, is exactly that. And what's, I think what's tricky about this situation is like, it's, 
there's so many different perspectives that make it so tricky. It's like you battle, you know, the reality of what it means to you financially while also realizing that the entire other side of your world is some, you know, a child that is vulnerable to these things on a health perspective. And I think that it's just so it can be easy. It can be easy for me, even as a business leader to, to, or a small business owner to get frustrated with certain things that are happening and like, well, this is money and this is that, and this is that, but then realizing there's the other side of there's, these are people's lives as well, but it's, you know, it's a situation I'm glad I'm not in as a president or some, some situation and whether or not you love any decisions that he makes, it's like, it's tricky. We're in this really, really hard balance where there's millions of people that want one thing, millions of people that want others and millions of people that are just in a, world of hurt that they're just trying to figure out literally how to get by day by day. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you see, I mean, that question exactly today in our news, looking at it for President Trump in that case of, is it the economy or is it the people? And you see, you see all over the map people's responses for that. And you're right, at a time like this, for me, losing all of this income across the board for, for months at a time, that that hurts, that hurts the, uh, the wallet in that regard, right. it does. But in referencing, for instance, my daughter, you know, Nothing in my mind comes um, before the safety of my children and my family in that mm -hmm. regard. And so to me, if, if I had to choose an either or, and, and nobody would want to make that choice, but I would put the safety of my children in a heartbeat before I ever make another paycheck. Right. And so having a child that struggles with autoimmune issues related to things like food allergies and those kinds of things, she's very much at a, much more susceptible to the things that are going around with the virus and those things. So, you know, we take extra precautions at home. But again, for me, it, it puts in perspective when you really drill it down in life, what is most important? And it's people and it's family and it's prioritizing those kinds of things. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real issue that we're battling with, but I think those cases, and especially looking my daughter in the eyes, nothing compares to people first. And I, mm -hmm. regardless of what industry you're in, I think we, if we don't, if we lose sight of putting people before profits, I think we can easily lose our mark in that regard. And so whether it's education, whether it's something like scaling creative, whatever the case may be, it's how do we always put people first? Yeah. Can you think back to a time that, you know, when we come out of these situations, a lot of times we look back and we are like, man, I'm so thankful for this because without this, what I'm in today would have never happened. Can you think back to a time, even though there's never been a time like now where this is just such a crazy, unique situation, but think back to a time all the way back to maybe when you were a kid, a situation that you almost think to yourself, when you were in it, it seemed like this is never going to end. You know, we go through it as kids when we lose a girlfriend or a boyfriend at 13 years old, but we have, I read a crazy quote that is like something about that, you know, as human beings, we have a 100% success rate of getting bouncing back up from everything we've ever failed at. Like, meaning we're still alive. If we're alive, we've never lost the battle that ultimately yeah. tried to pull us down. Is there any situation that you can think about putting you on this spot that you look back and you're like, I thought that was a really bad situation and look what happened because of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I could sit here and talk for hours on times I've screwed it up or I've failed or whatever the case might be. And I think about um, the very first time I applied from being a teacher to being a principal. It was a neighboring district. I got asked to apply for the job. Um, I had done my internship. There were some connections uh, professionally with the district. Some of the people on the interview committee in the other district I knew and just there were some really good cases there. And I made it down to the final interview and it was two people and I had my heart set. I had done my research on 
done this place. It was going to be my first principal job. Like I was completely ready. I was already ready to rearrange things in the summer to start moving over to a new position. And I thought like, I've got it. I was the one that had some, some experience in that area. The other candidate that I knew hadn't in that regard. And I thought I, my interview went so well. And I, I'm thinking I, I went home and said, I'd be shocked if I didn't get it until the letter came a couple of days later that said like, thanks, but you're not the guy. Right. And so part of it, I will tell you, I, I took that letter and I framed that letter and I put it in my office and I put it on a wall and I said, I'm not always good enough. And I'm not always as good as I think I'm going to be. And I think on one hand it was helpful because it was humbling where it was knocked down saying, Nope, you weren't the best candidate for that. At least they didn't think so. And so I think from an ego end, I needed that at that point, almost feeling like I've got this, this is going to be my job. But then the flip side, that humility, it also led me to say like, I'm going to work so hard and I'm going to do whatever it takes that the work speaks for itself. So that that way, in that case, I'm so wanted that I don't get turned down again. And so, you know, it'd be easy to that to turn to ego and pride, but I think it gave me a work ethic to say, I've got more to do. I've got so many areas to improve. I've got more to grow and here's what happens. So a month later, my own district, there happens to be an opening in the building that I first taught at that I was emotionally connected to. And the superintendent picks up the phone and says, Hey, you're the next guy in line. The job's yours if you want it. Had I taken that job, had that worked out, the, the story after that with so many people and connections and whatnot, I really probably wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing today if that first job had worked out. And so sometimes it's just looking at it and I, I'm a firm believer in God and took a look at it and said like, that wasn't my place and God didn't want me there at that given time. And when we take a look in that case, I'm glad I didn't get that job. But I will tell you at that point, like my world fell apart thinking like, oh no, this is not the way it's supposed to be. But mm -hmm. when looking back on it, it, it was meant to be exactly as it happened. Yeah, it's awesome. What are, what's an amazing story that you've heard? Uh, and I'm sure you have so many that you've obviously heard right now through this, because obviously being in the education, there's just people doing some amazing things. Can you share a cool story that you feel yeah, like has happened I, in this time? Again, I could talk on and on and I'm on. Sure Edu you could. <laughs> educators are just such amazing people. And even going back to your question on leadership, just seeing what teachers are doing, you know, seeing my daughter's teacher use Zoom with fourth graders that had never used Zoom yeah. to hear their smiles, to connect with them, just to show them that they care. It wasn't, here's the lesson you've got to learn today. It was basically, hey, I'm your teacher and I miss you and I'm thinking mm -hmm. about you. I saw um, there's a district I'm opening for in August in Frisco, Texas, you know, a massive district district. And what do I see? I see this video that in two days has over 4 million views. You know what it was? It was a teacher challenge where the teachers got in their own individual car. They all did it very safe and they drove through all the neighborhoods of their kids. I did and see let you the share kids that. That's that amazing. Going. And they were yelling. And, and there's <laughs> the teachers honking their horns, yelling at them. But if I'm that child and there goes my teacher and teachers giving a wave, I mean, like, what does that tell? That's not in some contract. That is not in something that was mandated. That superintendent didn't turn around and say, you had to do this. That yeah. was teachers inspiring other teachers around the nation because I'm seeing more and more of that kind of thing yeah. to simply spend 30 seconds waving at a child, saying hi and showing them to me, that's what it's all about because it's not the things that are required. It's those little things to say, you know what, maybe we could do this going back to it's the people all the time. I love the fact that you somehow are still positive, still smiling. You're always a smiling guy. So it's easy to say, but how, what keeps a smile right now on Tom Murray's face and piggybacking on 
what can you say to people that are kind of going through uncertain times, heartache, devastation, yeah. uncertainty that they're just feeling like, man, like what in the world is going on yeah. here? What so keeps I'll be, you happy? I'll be real. And I appreciate this shout, but there's, you know, there's times where internally I'm just quietly reflecting, thinking like, man, what happens? Like what happens yeah. if our country hits a massive depression? What happens for all those families that are losing their jobs? What happens to, I saw one quote up to possible 30% unemployment, what happens to our economy? And, and I think we need to be real about that stuff. Mm -hmm, I, I mm -hmm. think that we can't just sugarcoat life and just be blind to the realities that we face, but we've got a real choice in how we respond to it. There's so many things that right now that are completely out of every one of our control, but we can choose how we respond to it. So mm -hmm. for me, it's, it's my children are watching the response, you know, taking a look and sharing part of my daughter's story. If at home, I was constantly around her so anxious, so worried and constantly telling her like all those pieces, she would be a worried mess and living in yep. fear. And so modeling to my daughter, like we're going to be okay. And we're going to stick together through this. And yeah, we've never been through this, but you know what, we're going to, we're going to work through this together. That's something in terms of watching, like, you know, our own, reactions to the people around us and how it impacts, especially when we're talking about children, you know, but when I think about um, so many other cases out there and I think about um, these examples of trying to be able to respond to it, for me, it's like, what other choice do we have? You know, I think, mm -hmm. you know, there are some, there's some real things out there, especially when, when working with kids, there's real trauma and there's really, really hard life issues. And I recognize fully, there's things people have go th gone through in life that I haven't remotely even been through. But you know what keeps me up in a positive way? is I see so much goodness no matter where I look. Mm -hmm. You know, the last flight that I took for the foreseeable future was just about a week ago. And as I just quietly sat there in the terminal by myself, I looked around and I saw the laughter in kids. And I saw this one gentleman stand up and help uh, this elderly couple down the way that I could tell they, they didn't know each other, but just simply said, can I grab your bags? And I see the goodness in people. And mm -hmm. I really believe that we choose our lens in which we see the world. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see goodness, you'll look around and you'll yep. see goodness. If all yep. you want to see is negativity, you'll look around and that's all you see. And so I think we need to be real in that conversation. But at the same time, we really do choose the lens. And the in times like this and the crises like this with all the uncertainty, there's so many things to worry about. I'm not going to downplay that. But the flip side is there's even more good that happens on a daily basis. Today, I was on a call with 150 mayors and, and uh, state senators, Republicans and Democrats all across the board. And I will tell you one time I did not hear as I was presenting throughout the entire thing. I didn't hear one word said as Republican. I didn't hear one thing said as Democrat. I heard a lot about helping people. Mm -hmm. And so the goodness of people shines through. And yes, we'll have those kinds of things politically. And yes, we'll have nonsense out there. But when we want to see the great things happening, we want to see the goodness in people. We've just got to look through it because we'll see it. Couldn't end better than that. Thanks, my friend. Anytime. Thanks for having me.